Here on Mother Love, we celebrate moms, their bravery, wisdom, and strength, their endurance and wit, dedication and sacrifice. We speak about the transformation in body, mind, and soul that is required on the sacred journey. We discuss what it takes to conceive, grow, birth, and welcome a baby into this big, wide, messy world. Mother Love is a safe space to witness each other in the darkest and brightest of moments. Mother Love is a place where you can let it all out and just be. A place to harvest your deep wisdom and spread hope to all the moms out there who still feel invisible. Welcome to Mother Love, where we love on mothers. We're so glad you're here. Hello, Mother Love listeners. Thanks for joining us today. I'm super excited to be here with Christy and Sabrina, who, if you listened to our last podcast episode number 14 with um, Tyler and Sarah Gregson, you'll know that these are these are the uh, folks that they're talking about as far as uh, helping with this extremely cool project who became Elliot. So, um, <laughs> so I, uh, I'm here in Montana where I was telling, um, Christy and Sabrina that it is absolutely frigid, freezing cold. Like if you go for a walk, people look at you like you're crazy and will offer you a ride. <laughs> like it's that cold. Um, and you guys are in Salt Lake. Yep. And how's that? How's the weather? How does it feel in Salt Lake today? It's beautiful. I think it's 40. Um, we had a little snow over the weekend um, and it's all melted and it was sunny and, and gorgeous today. So we're, we're happy with winter here. Nice. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Good for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then, so just to give our listeners and me really, I mean, I haven't met the two of you before. I know you just from hearing the beautiful story that Sarah and Tyler shared, but I don't know you personally. Um, so, you know, I don't really have much background at all to share. Um, so I thought that it would be fun if Christy introduced Sabrina and Sabrina introduced Christy, just in terms of, you know, things that you would want people to know about the other. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I'm Christy. Uh, This is Sabrina. We have been together as a couple for about 13 years. Sabrina grew up in Tucson, Arizona. Um, She's native and grew up on the reservation just outside of Tucson. She has a twin sister. She um, has two amazing parents that are are super fabulous. She uh, she is a project manager for Owlet, which is like a baby tech (laughs) Tech stuff. Like they make make like wearables for infants. Um, Yeah. And I would say in our home, she is the hard working professional. I think she's amazing at what she does. She's very supportive of what I do. And she's a wonderful, loving, like nurture mom to Elliot. Cool. Yay. (laughs) Amazing. How'd she do? Wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Okay. Now try to top that in your introduction, right? No pressure. Um, this is Christy. This is Sabrina speaking. Um, she noted we've been together for 13 years. We actually met online. Yes, we did. <laughs> Way back in 07 um, on this ridiculous like L word <laughs> social thing. Um, so that's how we met in Tucson. She's from Helena, Montana, which is how she knows Sarah um, mm-hmm. and by Sarah Tyler. Um, and Christy has two fabulous sisters. I have three <laughs> fabulous sisters. <laughs> yeah, three. And two brothers. Um, she has a huge family, all kinds of step uh, brothers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All over. We are very um, modern family. Very modern family, yes. Uh-huh. Um, but we, we, we relocated to Salt Lake to be closer to her two sisters, Lexi and Tony, um, and also drivable distance to see um, her mom and her stepdad, 
in Helena and also hang out with uh, Tyler and Sarah, (laughs) Tyler's parents, Jan and Goose. And Christy is a software account manager. So she works with lots of colleges on um, their kind of like onboarding academic software. Um, She works super fast. So, and her schedule is really lenient, which has been a godsend for us being parents. Um, because like she mentioned, my days are pretty rigid. So I'm kind of stuck in front of a computer for like nine hours a day. So she's there to do all of the like ins and outs of work. I'm sorry, of like the grocery shopping and all of the like daily life yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so that we're not drowning. So she yeah. is incredible, incredible at like logistics of ins and outs of life with a kiddo. That's um, so great to have that balance. Yes. Oh my gosh. So she's incredible at that. So extremely grateful because I'm not very good (laughs) at the life stuff. I'm good at work, but I have a lot of trouble with uh, daily life tasks. So she's there. So, and she's also an incredible mom. Um, She has to be the disciplinarian Uh because she's with Elliot more. Um, So, but she's good at it. She's good at balancing that with being very nurturing. So Um, yeah. I'm very grateful. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Oh, and listeners can't see you, but you both have just like these really illuminating smiles. It's cool. To watch. It's cool to watch you like smile together. You both have really, really beautiful, wonderful, radiant smiles, but so thank you for giving us a little bit of an idea. I think that, um, one thing, well, I had a question as you were talking. So where did you relocate from when you moved to where you currently are? Where were you before? We have lived our entire relationship apart from two years in Tucson. Okay. In it, yeah, it, for two years, I went to grad school in Iowa. Um, and then we went back to Tucson. And uh, we were there for the majority of our relationship. So we felt like it was a good time for a change. Mm-hmm. It was hard. We loved Tucson, but it was yeah. a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We didn't know COVID was coming. So that was, you know, we moved one, you didn't? two weeks before You guys didn't COVID. know it was coming? <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> we didn't see it coming. Two weeks before the lockdown here in Utah is when yeah. we moved. So. Oh, wow. So that was like a lot of transition all at yes. once. Being yep. It was, and it was super hard as well, because um, when I was leaving my family, who was all in Tucson, it was very much like, it's an hour plane ride. Like, yeah. it'll be great. We'll and then COVID hit. And it's like, never mind. <laughs> we oh, only her parents for the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it. yeah. It's, that's yeah. so hard, especially when you're used to having them be such a part of your family's life. Yeah. My It's the yeah. same situation with my parents, you know, and my mom, they live three and a half hours away. And so my mom would come like once a month and she, yep. we've seen her like maybe I think twice this entire Mm-hmm, duration yeah. and my girls I mean they're grieving you know I have two little girls and they that loss has been a big blow to them like when those yep. main people in your life are just like and eh, not there anymore yeah, yeah um, Elliot so was really tough. close to Sabrina's family I mean um her parents at, were spent a lot of time with Elliot because he didn't have full-time preschool until he was three yeah. so they helped a lot for us and then he has two cousins one's very close in age to him that he's only been able to see once. So yeah, he feels the same. He says often, I miss Bia, his cousin. Like, yeah. you know, he's only four and he understands that it's it's been really hard for him. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, so thank you for giving us just a little glimpse into the world that is your family. Um, and so I no, I don't want to like go rely on what Tyler and Sarah shared too much in case people haven't had a chance to listen to that episode. Okay. But, um, but I just wanted one thing that I thought might be a good kind of entry point into the story that we're talking about, which is, you know, how you decided to become parents and, and decided to start a family. That's kind of the space that we hold for everyone on the show, because we feel like I've never met a parent or um, a mom who doesn't have like an incredible story to share about how that all went down. Um, And so I was curious, like at what point in your relationship did you start discussing having a family or having children and, and, and that desire to 
have that be a part of your future? And then how did that kind of, um, I guess, unfold as time went on in terms of what that would look like for you? I know for me, I um, wanted to have kids probably after we had moved back to Tucson, which was in, oh, wait, 2011 or 12. 12. So we had been together for five years and, um, you know, like any couple, you have your issues and we had a rough stretch after about five years. Um, And I knew after we made it through that, that we were probably ready for like the bigger things that you do you know, as you get along in a relationship. And so I knew about then um, in 2012 or 2013 that we wanted to have kids eventually. Um, obviously, we it takes a bit more planning for a couple like us, but I definitely knew at that time. So that was three years before we got married. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I knew that eventually I wanted kids, but I wasn't really ready when you brought it up. It took until closer to when we were getting married in 2015. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From the time when we got married, we kind of knew at that point, the clock was ticking a little bit. We were a little bit older, 30, 30. (laughs) We had been together at that point for eight years. Mm -hmm. And we definitely like, we had a family, we had good jobs where we felt like we could support a family really comfortably And I think that was the biggest thing for both of us is we wanted to feel like we were comfortable enough um, to to make that decision. Yeah. Very quickly after we got married. I Mm -hmm. think the first time that we talked to Tyler and Sarah about it was in August of 2015 and we got married in June. Uh It was very fast. after. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so as you sort of both were like, yeah, I think we're, I think this is a go. We want to do this. You know, did you, um, did you both right away, like go Tyler and Sarah, or was there like, what was that like kind of figuring out how you might want to go about things? So we had another friend in our life who we actually like considered and talked between the two of us about asking him or seeing what he thought. And we actually had that conversation with him before we talked to Tyler and Sarah, but I think as much as we loved him and he's a great friend, it, we just kind of knew after our conversation with him that that wasn't even the right thing for us, but Tyler and Sarah had not entered the picture in that way yet. They had been our wedding photographers Mm -hmm. and I knew Sarah from like sixth grade on. So and we didn't know their relationship. We didn't know they were together yeah. when they took our wedding photos. Really? So we didn't have any idea that like that would even be a thing. No. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Um, Wait, were they? T- they were together though when they took your photos. We don't know. I think like, they're such a magnetic it. couple that I see that seems like it would be really hard to like for them to keep that. <laughs> <laughs> so we they took our engagement photos uh-huh. in 2013 in December. And I have known Sarah for so long that I knew about her relationship prior to Tyler. I didn't we never really dug in mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. Um and then at the wedding, actually we figured out at the wedding because we had to book them a room for the night. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, so there's two rooms, right? And Sarah like shyly texted me privately. It was like, no, we just need one room. <laughs> and I was like, we didn't know those still. We, still we didn't, didn't ask. We, we just, didn't ask. We just we did whatever, whatever they do, whatever is fine. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we didn't even think of them at all. Yeah. So oh, that's um, so interesting. Yeah. And then in August, we had the conversation with our friend. We just kind of thought like, oh, that's not really like, we're, and we weren't really rushing. We just knew we wanted to start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we had this very random early morning text conversation with Sarah. I don't even know how it came about. It was you. You and Sarah. I right? think Sarah texted me and asked me if we had thought about having kids or something along those lines. And we were like, yes, we definitely want to. And she said something like, well, if you ever want, Tyler would be happy to do it. And we were like, what? And that's kind of how the conversation started. 
Yeah. yeah. And I bet that like, when you compare that to the conversation that you had had prior with your friend, like, did it just did something just like feel really yeah it felt it. like I know a lot of same-sex parents when they're exploring uh, being parents and having kids it has to be very much proactive and like them asking so just something about that Sarah initiating that and like and Tyler coming in and being like very very open to it that would just fit way better in how we operate yeah um, not having to be the one like pushing for it. They, they were the ones that were very um, into doing it. So, yeah. And we started asking questions because at that time we didn't for sure know their relationship and we were worried that, you know, maybe they would want to have more kids and what about them? How would this fit with their family dynamic? We didn't want to make anything messy. Yeah. We wanted (laughs) for them, for them to be, to be easy. And so that conversation just kept going, like yeah. lots of group text about like, well, what about this? And what about this? And then what do we need to do? And never did we ever feel like, Ooh, this doesn't feel right. Or yeah. like, we don't want to force them to do this because of this situation. It just fit together. So seamlessly that yeah. it just always has made sense. And even after people, you know, asked about questions about what, once the baby's born, what about this? What about this? And we just haven't had any situation where anyone was uncomfortable yeah they're such open people yeah they're so loving and their families I mean Tyler's family just like embraced us like we were just their own and and they're also very assured in like their um stances on Mm -hmm. like no more kids or like what they wanted their lives to be and that was really comforting to us because we just really didn't want to do anything where it would seem imposing or like right. you know, mess their thing up. So or, or ha- like have them have to make hard decisions in their relationship or with their family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the situation just kind of worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. What we were looking for and it just seemed to be that. That's really cool. Yeah. One thing that I remember um, Sarah mentioning was that like, they were like, yeah, we're in like, let's do this right away. And you guys were like, well, take a little a little bit of time to think about yeah. it and like I mean, make it was sure big, yeah it was big for us because it was like us deciding to have a child which yeah. is a big choice anyway right and we had then just started we yeah. had just started thinking and so you know Sarah has her two kids and they knew that they were done so their decisions were kind of made and ours were just starting so we were just making sure we went through all of the stuff before we like jumped in. And then once we jumped in, we felt like perfectly comfortable, which yeah. was important for us. Yeah. That's so neat. I'm going to take a moment because my broccoli is burning. Hold on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Who's Penny? Is that Eddie again? He's like so It still smells really good, but you know, sorry listeners. I, I don't want my broccoli to start on fire. <laughs> this is like, I'm whenever, I mean, I also think that it's important to be professional and to hold, but I was telling, um, I was just mentioning that, you know, like moms are our audience and sometimes guests are worried that their interviews go all over the place. Yeah. You know, and like Christy just needed to step away for a second too, but just telling listeners like, this is how, this is how moms, like we get it. This is how parents communicate naturally. So it's okay. Sometimes if there's like, Oh, pause. Let me do this. Oh, hold on. Let me take care of that. Because if you think about when you get together with other parents, like there's always interruption. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy chaos going on. So that. Elliot's asking me to make brownies. So. Oh. So. (laughs) Yeah. If you need to do that, you know. That was a big no. (laughs) That was a hard no. And no. Yeah. That's great. Hey, I just wondered if you bake some brownies. Yeah. It's like you know what I want for dessert? Brownies. Can you bake some? No. <laughs> um, um, okay, so we're at that point in the story um, where you've decided and together as a group, I, I think one of the most unique things about this, um, and I don't know, I'll, I don't know a lot of same-sex couples who have conceived in this way, you know, um, and and I know a lot, of, like, 
Tyler and Sarah, and when we were speaking, we were just talking about how the process can be, no matter what sort of fertility challenges people come up against, it can become this really um, like super sterile, like your options are only like this, 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 yeah. and this, almost like a menu, I think is what Tyler was saying. Like, and, and it, it can really take a lot of the, you know, sort of the organic love that goes into bringing a child into the world that can, you have to sacrifice that, I guess, if yeah. you're having any sort of challenges to fertility or challenges that would not just come with like, Oh, and we're pregnant, you yeah. know? So, um, so I wonder a little bit, I think one of the unique things about this story is that you, because of the way things happened, that was not the case. And I just wonder, you know, if you have other, um, other same-sex couples that have, have had a, a more difficult time and what is that like to share your story? And I don't know, just give a little glimpse into that, would you? Yeah, um, I have a close person who is in a same-sex couple, and they did um, a bank experience where mm -hmm. they reserved, um, and it was like sent in an icebox thing, and um, that has been so interesting because the stress was so much higher. It, it just is like you have such a small <laughs> quantity um TNI but and the timing has to just be so impeccable to yeah. like have any chance at all yeah. um and that just gave me such a huge perspective of the gift really that Tyler mm -hmm. and Sarah were giving us because it was like it was them and the availability and it was just the chances were it was just the stress was so non-existent really yeah, yeah. The first time, um, the sure. first time, just non-existent because we knew they were there to help. However many times, still the case. Yep. Um, and we didn't have to deal with the all of the pressures and logistics that go with that more kind of sterile experience yeah. that a lot of couples have to do. So yeah. felt so grateful. Yeah, we that. definitely had like a checklist. Um, so when we decided to go for it and we got the timing and we kind of knew exactly when and how, we were, you know, where we were going to go. We went to a fertility doctor, um, not for any other reason, but to find out what they thought was our best method. Um, and this is kind of where we had to start getting into the logistics that make it feel like a little bit sterile, but even that process for us, we felt so lucky because they did an exam on Sabrina and said like, yeah, you're, you should be fine as long as you time it right. And then, you know, they very well could have said like, no, you need to come into the clinic. We need to do it this way with like all the stuff in our office. And they said like, we think that you'll be just fine doing it at home or, you know, however you want to do it in your own space, which was really, really lovely for us yeah. because. Some people have to do it in the doctor's right. office and take away the like, you know, I wouldn't say it's very intimate, but definitely more personal. Like, yeah, able to do. yeah, yeah, that's so that was yeah. really good for us. Yeah. And then so you just a second ago, you said the first time. So oh. did you and, and this is getting to the point where you're like, OK, do we really want to go here? But. Tell me no, no, know. no, it's fine. But but so can you talk a little bit about like did did Tyler need to bring you sperm donations more than one time? Like, or I I kind of thought you got pregnant right away, right? Is that the case? So the first time we tried, we say as a time, uh -huh. they tell you to try like twice. Yeah. Oh, I see. So we time it with you know her ovulation and we yeah. do it like 24 hours before and then on the peak day. So the time is like two attempts. Gotcha. gotcha. We circle it. But yes, we got pregnant in our first sort of attempt. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, it was great. We were, we felt like, wow, that was easy. <laughs> yeah. We had a couple negative tests and I was like she, laying on yeah. the ground. <laughs> we tested I, too. I, 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 we tested too early and then I was, you know, sad. For and I was like, days. let's just try one more time, like a couple days later. 
on like a Sunday morning, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And it was positive. It was like, whoa. Yeah, it was great. That's kind of a life-changing moment. Sure. Yeah, yeah. What do you remember specifically about that moment? I stared at it for like 10 seconds before I said anything because I just wanted to be sure because she was still, she wasn't looking at it and I was looking at it first. And um, I just looked at it and was like, hey, this says you're pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's definitely what it says. And then they gave it to her and Oh, I think cool. it was really surreal, huh? It was surreal. I'm such a negative Nancy. Um, she is. <laughs> I operate like think the worst and yeah. then, you know, the best will surprise you. Yeah. Um, so when it was the first couple of tests were negative, I was like, of course, like, no. Um, and so I was just like, no, super yeah. doomsday person. So yeah. that for me, it was just, it was lovely. Yeah. Was so yeah. nice. Yeah. Yep. That's exciting. And did you announce to family right away or were you wanting to wait just to like your parents and Mm -hmm. your sister and my like immediate family Mm -hmm. I don't think we told anyone after that for months it's also very hard to when you're in a situation like this to surprise your family like you see those videos and stuff when you have really close family and you're, they know what you're doing. Yeah. They know like the timing. So oh, they're, they're so like, like texting, hey. like, what day do you find out? Yeah. Like, yeah. Day you you're not going to yeah. get those videos of like, I'm pregnant. I'm what? pregnant. <laughs> it's right. everyone like, are you pregnant yet? Are you pregnant? <laughs> How about now? How about now? Yeah. 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 So the people who knew, we told them as soon as we knew, uh-huh. um, but we didn't like, do anything big after that for a few mm-hmm. months right no yeah we kept it pretty much just to our family mm-hmm. which was like so what weird. was that yeah what was that why why did you make that decision because I know everybody waits to go public or tell or not tell or how did the two of you decide that you just wanted to keep it really close do we even decide or no just really how we are I think like yeah. Um, I think my aunt knew because we, we lived close to my aunt. So she kind of found out soon. Family and close friends. We're just not, we're not big sharers. On we, like, yeah, mm-hmm. we went on a baby moon, like cheesy baby moon, but we had the best time ever. Um, like <laughs> in no Memorial Day. Yeah, so Memorial. she was like five, five months along at that point. And I posted a picture. Oh, yeah. Her, and that was just how we, and it wasn't like on purpose. I just posted a picture like San Diego is so great. She was clearly pregnant and everyone figured it out. Oh yeah. Gotcha. We didn't like consciously say like, don't post anything. No. We just like to live in our little. Yeah. Live in our little bubble. bubble. And I guess I am a smit, a little superstitious. So I, I didn't want to like yeah. announce anything before it was like, oh, due date. You know, like it's today. Totally. Yeah. 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 Just to be super safe. Yeah. Yeah. And then how was the pregnancy for you? How did you feel? Like, how did it go? <laughs> it was so easy. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yay. That's great. I, um, the first trimester, like near the end, I had a bizarre stint of uh, migraines, mm-hmm. um, which was weird. I never get headaches usually. That was literally the only symptom that went away right when second trimester hit. So lasted about like two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was smooth sailing, just like the easy, he was the easiest baby to carry (laughs) ever. He didn't like, he he was just so easy. He didn't cause any symptoms. So that's awesome for me, unless I've been blacking something out. I even (laughs) for you being pregnant because it was felt so easy. Like we had our appointments. Mm-hmm. You didn't have gestational diabetes. We had a birth plan that got a little bit changed, but yeah, that was yeah. it. Really, cool. yeah. yeah. I was gonna that that brought up another question, but now it's gone from me. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'll think of it again. Anywho, um, so then. Uh, as the oh and I know one other thing that I know that Sarah and Tyler really acknowledged was how you were so um considerate in sharing all of the progress all along the way and um and yeah I just think that they are so grateful to they you know they're very adamant like they didn't have to do any of that 
Like, and we were really clear with them that like, this is them, this is their family and this is their story. And, you know, and so I just am curious about like what it felt like to have kind of a team of, of people who were such a close part of, of this whole process and how that was for you to be so intentionally inclusive of them. I think the biggest reason was because we felt so grateful, number one, them ever even considering doing that for us. And two, just how they went about it. Like they didn't expect anything from us. They didn't ask anything back. They just said, we want to do this for you. And then they were so like invested in the perfect way. They didn't like, they weren't overbearing or we didn't ever feel like we were bothering them. We just really felt like they were invested perfectly for what we wanted and needed from them, which was just like love, love, love and support. Cheerleaders, not like checking in all the time. They were just so supportive and there when we um, wanted to share like progress. And um, they, uh, another thing is they made it really funny. Of course, freaking Tyler, Tyler, but just like, it's so awkward. Like it's just, no matter what, it's just (laughs) awkward when you do something like that. And they were just, so funny and like just made it not all serious and weird like they were just like the levity was so nice and it just carried the whole time it just made it for us just was perfect the other thing too is Sarah had been a mom she had carried two kids I think it would be easy for someone like that to you know like want to give every amount of knowledge that she had and she always just knew when to like recommend or suggest, but never unwanted. Like mm-hmm. I never felt like she was telling us what we should or shouldn't do. She was just like the perfect balance for like, I know I remember that, like that's hard or that's the best part. Or like, you guys got this. Yeah. It was just, we could not have been luckier. Yeah. And it was so awesome too, because a lot of same sex couples, especially when they're working with banks and stuff, they have like one picture, like a picture of the donor. Um, lucky if they get that. Yeah. I mean, Tyler would send Tyler and his parents and Sarah would send pictures on pictures. And it was just so wonderful to get to like visualize like this might, it might look like this ended up looking just like Tyler, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, like getting to like, see like a projection of like what you know, our kid would maybe look like mm-hmm. was such a gift and yeah. seeing him as a little toddler and things. So That's that really was cool. so special. We felt so lucky. Yeah. Um, get that. Yep. Yeah. He describes, and that's what I decided to call the last episode, but he describes Elliot's family as an avalanche of love. Like, <laughs> well, yes. you know, because he, but he's like, when I think about Elliot and all the people who have been like on this team and part of this family for him, just like sending all the love and light they can his way yep. from the very beginning. He's like, it's just like an avalanche of love, you know? And I thought that was like such a beautiful, well, of course, Tyler, words, but <laughs> of course he says it like perfectly, but, yeah. but I just, when I, when I think about that and when I think about, you know, my own story with my own children and the sort of like air quotes, traditional way, it was like, my family was involved. They were excited. They were, you know, but, but there's not a level of like, of like, okay, we are like backing this kiddo with with love because like this is about love right this whole thing is about love and it's about the love between Tyler and Sarah it's about the love between the two of you it's about the love that both of you describe you know when like Tyler and Sarah say when they met your family and you say like when you met their family that it was just this connection that was like undeniable and rare Yep. And so I just think that that's such a cool thing. And I wonder too, how you've seen over Elliot's five, right? Four and a four, half. Four. Okay. Yeah. So like, as you've watched him grow and, and become more Elliot, how have you seen that rare amount of love, you know, from so many different sort of like wellsprings feeding into his life? How yeah. have you seen that? impact him and like change him and almost make him like unique from other kids I guess is what I'm curious about I would say um 
if you met him, he thinks everyone is his best friend. Yeah. And I think that comes from the first four years and a half of his life where like most everyone we meet either knows our story or like knows Tyler and Sarah or knows our families. They just know how he was made and what like that he was made from just this big old group of people who love each other and love him. So he doesn't understand. Like he told the kid across the street today, like he said, you made a good basket. And the kid goes, thanks. He goes, okay, I love you. And then walks away. (laughs) So like, that's a lot of Tyler too, because Tyler is like so emotive with his feelings, but (laughs) it's also because I think Elliot has just always been surrounded by people who he knows love him. Yeah. He used to get asked before he was born, like, will Tyler have a relationship with him or his, you know, how will Tyler's family, you know, relate with him and what will you call them? And, you know, are you worried that like, it could be weird for him? And we just always went to the fact that like, the more people who love him, the better. So we would never limit his interaction with them if we always felt like he was getting love. Yeah. That was all like, we just went back to that. Always. And again, so we were so lucky yeah. with Tyler and Sarah because they're so mature and <laughs> just like so perfect at mm-hmm. boundaries and mm-hmm. knowing exactly how to act. So we've been incredibly lucky in that respect. I'm sure it's difficult for other parents dealing with that kind of situation. We just got really lucky. So we, we have had the opportunity to say, you know, yay, like hang out, like no, no, like, Weird. bound weird boundary yeah. setting we've had to yeah. do or anything so yeah felt, every day we feel so lucky yeah, we, do. Yeah. we like I think we acknowledge that too a lot like you know we just saw Tyler and Sarah socially distanced and we saw you know Tyler's parents and we just like drive away feeling like man we like made such a good choice and our lives are so much better for and so lucky to have yeah. have been given that that choice yeah. that opportunity yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's so cool. I love the story about the, the basket I love you because it's almost like um it, it's almost that occurs to me that in Elliot's life saying I love you to someone is as common as saying goodbye or mm-hmm. see you yeah. later oh yeah like mm-hmm. it's just like that's like part of his vernacular, you know. Is like, yeah. Of course, I would say I love you because and everyone's like his best say. friend. Like, yeah. you'll meet a little kid at the grocery store. We'll be in the same aisle for ten seconds passing, and we'll turn the aisle, and he go, he'll say, "That boy's my best friend." Yeah, <laughs> and he just doesn't have the ability to like see that he wouldn't love anyone he meets. That's really cool. And that they wouldn't love him back. Yeah. He's not a perfect child, by the way. No, no. He can be horrible to us. He's a little gremlin. But he (laughs) has like just all love. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think the more horrible they are to you, just the more that just means they feel safe with you. Right. I mean, it sucks, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it is like often the, that's why we get mm-hmm. yeah we don't get the I love you after every single sentence we, <laughs> we do get it a lot but mm-hmm. it's also mixed with the like I'm so mad at you <laughs> yeah 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 um and uh so let's talk a little bit about Elliot here he comes uh, he's coming through the door it's almost dinner time can you give me some more food yeah. yeah, just one more second, okay? Oh, okay. Oh, he's just gonna get some food. He's just gonna get food himself. <laughs> he might even make brownies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was gonna ask, you know, and now that he's in the room, I don't know if he just wants to jump in on the conversation or not. But tell, <laughs> tell us, tell listeners, tell me if you can a little bit more about Elliot, like. What are his favorite things? What does he love to do? What does he love to eat? What is what does he love to joke about? You know, what are his yeah. favorite books? Like, just give us a little bit more about Elliot. It's so funny because he looks just like Tyler did. Um, and I don't, I cannot see my personality in him. I swear it's just Tyler part two. <laughs> yeah, I don't, there's I not don't, a lot of you in there. no. Um, he is, he never stops talking. He uh-huh. loves to talk. 
Never. (laughs) And he's extremely emotive. So he loves to talk about what he's seeing, what he's feeling, um, what he wants to do. He loves knowing what's coming up. What are his favorite things? Well, he, anything physical, he's such like a boy. He wants to run and wrestle and jump and throw things and play trucks. And he's just like a four-year-old monster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, like, how did things go? Oh, let's, we skipped over a big part. Let's talk about birth and how that went. If you're open to that. And then then also just like, Oh, hi. Hey, Elliot. And this is my family. Yeah. I know. I'm talking to them about your family. And guess what? Tell I'm me. Pop tart. <laughs> what kind? Uh, is this, is this me or this? I'll show you. Strawberries? Yeah, it's made of strawberries, and we'll get it. And guess Whoa. what? It comes with two pop tarts. No way. Whoa. That looks delicious. Say bye. <laughs> bye. I love you. But yeah, so birth and then early like infancy, how was that? Um, birth was interesting. I am nothing like my twin sister. She is all about the natural doula um body earth connection that a lot of moms are. I am like the total opposite. Me and my mom, my mom, she had a C-section to have me and my sister. Um, and she was like, I would do it again in the heartbeat, like knock me out. And I don't want to feel anything. That's just how I am. <laughs> so I got my mom's genes. So, um, he was growing his, um, is he was grow His growth was weird. His head his and head, his shoulders were yeah. very wide. And they were, my doctor was super concerned about like the birth as we tracked closer. He was like his inches and it was weird. So we, for safety's sake, we did a C-section um, and like my mom, I would have done it again and again. <laughs> I, just... I mean, for someone like me, who's like a planner and like what wanted to have everything perfectly ready so that when we went to the hospital, I felt like we had everything. The C-section bit my life too. Um, I mean, we left our house at 8 a.m. We drove about five minutes to the hospital. We checked in and like, we got there at eight ten, and he was born at nine thirty. Um, oh, that's that's not a lot of time. No, <laughs> and um, my recovery was like easy. Yeah, I was gonna ask day and a half, that. couple days. I was up. And she fine was walking and, like so fast, and yeah. um, I was more like, "Let's take it easy, like slow yourself down." But yeah. the doctor said, if she feels fine to walk, she feels fine to walk. The C-section. Um, I was more nervous. I think I don't know how you felt, uh, but like before I went in <laughs> the actual room, I felt like I might pass out. Yeah, you know, it's like a you're gonna walk into his room and you're gonna come out with a kid. Like, yeah, that's a big thing. It's a big and deal. she because of the C-section, like uh, post-op, she was alone with him for like what an hour. An hour it took them a little long for them to suture her up. Um, mm-hmm. So the like bonding time for me was longer. Than I think they had intended, which was just fabulous. But how did you feel about that, Sabrina? Um, I was, I wasn't out of it, but enough that like, I didn't know time was going by. And yeah, I just remember when um, she came in with him, I was just so worried about him being hungry. So I think that was where my head was at was just like, is he getting food? He's hungry. Like I have to feed him and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I was so happy that he was with her. I was like, yeah. hey, I didn't know where he was. So, yeah. yeah and so. I like, I try to be very honest about the, how I felt like a lot of people say the first time they hold their baby, it's like their world changes and they feel this like unbelievable sense of like love and like emotion instantly. I will say it took me about three days to like sort of get to that place where, because, you know, naturally came it came out of her just like biologically and the first couple days are like a whirlwind he wasn't sleeping mm-hmm. he we were up all night mm-hmm. they wouldn't let us um lay him on his stomach to sleep so he wouldn't sleep yeah so the first couple of days were just really hard I yeah. could feel the like 
oh my gosh, I love this little human until after we were home and like yeah. settled in. And then I was like, you know, obviously you feel the things, but right. Yeah. It was definitely, a, um, the two days in the hospital were really tiring. <laughs> I remember I fell asleep standing up. Yeah. That was not a good spot to be. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. feel concerned that in that delay from like a lot of times when we talk about birth stories, we talk about what what the fantasy that is perpetuated and like fed to us is of what that will be like. And that's kind yeah. of what you're describing, you know, as this yeah. like wash over of like twinkly magic that you expect yeah. to happen. Did you feel within yourself some sort of like disconcerting um, feelings of like, okay, I'm holding the baby, but I don't feel super like magically bonded. Um, how'd that go for you? I don't know that I even knew until I felt the feeling. It's like, I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And then I look back now, like we did our newborn photos. I think he was four days old. And even then looking back at the pictures, I'm not even sure that like in those moments I felt that way. Cause now I think about if I took pictures with him now as that tiny thing, I'd just be like, not yeah. smothering. Right. And then I was kind of like delicate. I don't really know what's going on. Yeah. You felt it pretty fast when I handed him to you and you started nursing him. Oh yeah. But mine wasn't like the, um, uh, fairy tale wash of like adoration. Mine was the immediate, like it immediately triggered, like he's got a biological. Yeah. I have to keep him safe. Um, so like the motherly thing in terms of like have to protect, that's what I had immediately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot quicker than Christy did for sure. Um, probably just cause biological yeah. connection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And did breastfeeding go well right away or did you have any challenges with that? Um, just what Christy said, the first couple days when I wasn't like producing a lot, mm-hmm. I was in like that kind of panic mode about like, oh my gosh, he's so yeah. hungry. He's not getting enough to eat. We were like calling the doctor line like every two hours. Um, but by like day uh, four or five, it just clicked. Uh, production was good. And he, he was just an instant great latcher. Just oh, good. Wonderful, so good. wonderful kiddo for nursing just like a dream That's for nursing. So, so yeah after the first couple of rocky days where it was just like colostrum and stuff it was just mm-hmm. like lovely yeah. wasn't he the best nurser yes that, that saved us eventually saved us yes he was he was wonderful yeah and so once that kind of kicked in and was going well did sleep become better also or how did sleep go in the beginning it was just him uh what his little brain was just telling him I cannot sleep on my back Mm -hmm. so we had to get really creative um (laughs) because we we were also wanting to adhere to no uh, stomach sleeping so it was a lot of him on Christy we tried like a middle co-sleeping where he's like on his back and we'd wake up every like 20 to make sure he didn't roll over. Mm-hmm. Um, we had like this chair swingy thing mm-hmm. that helped a lot. That helped for like an hour and he would get lulled and then we'd lay him on his back. So it, the sleep was rocky in that sense. Just, he would not, he was not a stomach sleeper and we just wanted he, to be, he was a stomach. Oh sleeper. yeah. He no, was there. a stomach sleeper. We yeah. weren't, in the hospital, we weren't allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. We did because we wouldn't have survived without yeah. that. Yeah. And when we went home, I mean, it was rough for a little bit. It was rough. He would sleep great on you on his stomach. He slept on my <laughs> chest perfectly. I just think about him now. Like Aww. he would fit here. We would sleep hard for like three hours at a time. Yeah. And we would just have to wake up like and just she make would, sure like, like he was okay. Yeah. But yeah. Forcing him on his back. It just was <laughs> not. Really hard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can see it's like becoming nighttime at my house, but um, <laughs> but anyway, so and then as you're talking about that, and then I I plan to wrap up here in the next few minutes, you yeah. know, just to keep things um, within an hour for your sake and listeners' sake. But but I'm also wondering, um, like I think one thing that I experienced in my um, new mother like brand new motherhood was the traditional gender roles of like you're the mom the baby's crying the baby's hungry that's your job like and I don't mean to diss my former husband but there there was a lack of support there that we that he had learned 
from his family of origin. And that was just Mm. inherent in in the fabric that we grew up in. And so I'm curious about like how that was different for the two of you and how you were able to like figure out, like right now you describe each of your roles really clearly. And was there, did you have to figure that out and negotiate a bit in the beginning? Like most couples do or was it pretty much like just voluntary on everyone's part yeah it was interesting because because of his sleep troubles um Christy was like the sleep victim so like (laughs) she would be the one that would have the terrible sleep uh with him um on her and she would be up with him and like all that she became sleep mom and I was nursing mom And it ended up being just great. (laughs) You were exhausted, but nursing is exhausting. You have to wake up every hour or two. Um, And so we were just equally in exhaustion mode. Um, But we like did it together. Yeah, it was like teamwork. Yeah, We both knew how exhausted there was. There was no like parlaying or talking about like you own this, I own this. It was like, it was like this unspoken, Christy's the sleep mitigator. And Sabrina is the one who has to nurse. (laughs) And I obviously, after he was born, you know, she had just been pregnant for nine months. Like she was tired from moment zero. He was born. Whereas I was getting to start fresh, right? Yeah. He was born. So I felt like it was easier for me to take on the more tired role. But also I knew when he got really cranky or crabby, I could just hand him to her and she would nurse and that would take a lot out of her. So we came very quickly to like a good balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both yeah. tired. I don't ever remember us being like, you do it. I'm not doing it anymore. No, we would like stay up watching like great British bake off yeah. in the office together. <laughs> with yeah. Him. Well, um, that's the thing is just being united in it. Right. Like, you know, yes, very much because then, it, like yeah you're both really exhausted but but not it's not like you can't relate to each other anymore because exactly. one, one person is fine and the yeah. other person's like I'm I never, dying. <laughs> I never remember feeling like that yeah I never remember feeling like like alone mm-hmm. no I think we but we were just both in it whatever we needed yeah. to do like I would run errands so that you wouldn't have to leave mm-hmm. because you would have to nurse and then you know after you went back to work so we just like I mean, just like a lot of parents, you don't know until it happens. And then you just figure out the best way. Yeah. 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 But yeah, good team. We were a good team. And sure. Still, yeah. Were your jobs, like, were you able to be flexible? And did you get, like, an ample amount of time? Um, Not an ample amount of time, no. Where I was, I did not. So I had to go back right at the three-month mark. I did get three months off, which was lovely. Uh, But yeah, it was all the you know, in office, nursing, bottles, like pumping, door closed, like awkwardness. (laughs) Yeah. And I was really lucky because my job that I have still now um, is very flexible on time. So if like when Elliot was, you know, when she went back to work, he was three months until Mm -hmm. he was a year. Her mom came sometimes if I had to travel for work, Mm -hmm. but I could kind of keep up with him until he started walking and then that was it <laughs> yeah so I could kind of work and manage because my work didn't give me any time off Not yeah time. yeah I think That's I so took hard, six isn't it? yeah it's like such a huge thing happens where you feel like the whole world should stop definitely and acknowledge yeah. that Elliot's here now but for <laughs> sure your world you know like yeah it, it seems so weird to have such a huge thing happen and be like okay Monday like here we go it just was like, like yeah, answering an email. Oh yeah. yeah, leaned so much on my parents yes. during yeah. that first year because she would be yeah. have to travel for like weeks at a, a week at a time, which was the worst. I worst, but yeah, so my mom and dad were always there, super to helpful. Yep. Yeah, stay with me. <laughs> and help yeah, out. that's so great. It's so important to have them. There's we realize so much how lucky we have been. I mean, he's going to be four and a half and. We've pretty much, he's been in school since he was two preschool, mm-hmm. but he's just never had to be with like a stranger where he didn't know or feel comfortable with someone. We just feel really lucky because that's not a lot of people get, don't have that. And 
he obviously feels that too. He feels very safe in his environments yeah. often, yeah. which is really important for us. Mm, yeah. There's going to be things in his life that are just harder because he has two moms and we certainly want him to feel like he can just be comfortable and not have to worry about that. So. Yeah. And building up that foundation of confidence and like, and that he's loved because he's Elliot for, and yeah. for no other reason is so key to yeah. going into any challenge in the future as a, as a human, you know? Yeah, so, for sure. Okay. Last question. What do you feel like since becoming parents, like, what do you feel like Sabrina that you've learned about Christy and Christy that you've learned about Sabrina, like as you've watched, um, your kind of like strengths come come out as parents what do you feel like you've learned about one another that maybe you wouldn't have if you hadn't had Elliot it's interesting with Christy she um, can often come off very um, not cold but just like tough like she comes off tough and like you know <laughs> and, uh, with me never with me she's always very soft and yeah. very easy yeah. and so it's not so much something where I was like floored by how different she acted with him more so it was it's such an escalation with Elliot she just showers him with gifts <laughs> and like attention and it's like her world revolves around like wanting to make sure he has like the best meal and like the best storybook and the best like yeah. cozy you know, bedtime and things like that. So not so much totally surprising because she's very much like that with me, just on a way grander scale <laughs> with Elliot. Yeah, to like Elliot. to watch that part of her develop Love, into yes. a different, like in a, in a, different, a different channel to see exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. Into. Just yeah. like, yes, just so he's very spoiled and I feel very grateful that, yeah. <laughs> that she spoils him like that. Yeah. yeah. I would say with Sabrina. Her love language to me is very like um, encourage and support, but this isn't going to hurt your feelings. If I say you're not, she's not like affectionate physically, but like, she's like, she would cut someone if they hurt me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like she's got my back always all the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and to see her love language with Elliot is so different. Um, she's so like, mother like huggy and like cuddly and like rubbing backs and like she it's just brought out a more like um soft gentle side like physically mm -hmm. she's very like soft with her words to me and stuff but the way she loves on Elliot is I don't know it's just how you would think a mom would love their little boy mm -hmm. you know she's just very like Make, he she's kind of brings his gentle side out whereas I'm like let's wrestle yeah. yeah yeah okay that's interesting because it's almost like swip swap right and it's sort yeah. of full circle to when we when when I was having you two introduce um each other and you were talking about like you know that Sabrina is the nurturer and the one who's like really but then it's interesting to to hear both of you say like well Christy comes off this way and she's this way, but actually she's like a huge teddy bear, softy, like shower of love on Elliot. And then the yeah. other one is like, like I was surprised to hear because when you introduce Sabrina as like the nurturing one in, in the house who just is like, you know, then I would naturally think that you're a really affectionate person. Um, but so it's interesting to see that like these other aspects of you are coming out um, because you've decided to become moms and decided to yeah. like and decided to add in a new measure of love that can invite and draw things out of us so yeah for sure yeah I think I think it's also you come to expect something from someone after we were together for I mean Elliot wasn't born we'd been together eight years so then to see like a total change it's you're like it's just a weird dynamic because you you think you know a person after eight years, but then you have no idea what they're going to be like as a parent. Totally. So that's been really fun for us to like, and to see him grow and how it changes us even as he gets older. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great. No further questions. Christine, <laughs> Sabrina. Thank this you. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. much. And I'm just, I'm really grateful because 
you know, it would be easy and it's tempting to just stick with people who locally I know and I know their story and I'm familiar with like how they roll. And it's, it's, we are really trying to emphasize the fact that like, not all families look the same and not all and like and love can come in so many forms and um, on mother love like we've wanted it to be a safe space for every mom's story Um, and so I'm just really grateful that you both were willing to come on and what a cool thing to have um, the two interviews back to back to bring to the world. It's going to be fun. So thank you so much yeah. for having us. We're excited to hear it. So I, excited and so glad that you're, you want to have all those different experiences on your podcast. So yeah, yeah. we feel very lucky. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Go make some brownies. <laughs> <laughs> we all have right. to. Yeah. All right. Bye. Thank you. See you. listeners thanks for tuning in we hope you enjoyed this episode and if you do like what we're doing on mother love please take a moment to rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer Mm